Hello, I'm Julia, and this is Colleen. Hello! And I hope you brought your flask and floaties, <laughs> because tonight we are going to get wrecked. Woo-hoo. Colleen, if you could please introduce yourself by listing three fun facts. My name means girl in Gaelic. <laughs> um, I used to manage a 7-Eleven, and I know how to sail. Ooh, and what's our podcast about? Okay, so tonight we are going (laughs) tonight we are going to get wrecked with the mignonette floating on the wine of. So tonight, everyone, we will be drinking Josh. It's this new. It's not new. It's actually kind of old. It's It's just Josh. We're drinking him. Actually, we are drinking his blood. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. It fits in actually with the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Prosecco Rosé. So I recently learned from a different... Ooh, that was loud. <laughs> from a different podcast that Prosecco is just another type of champagne, but champagne can only classify as champagne if it's from France. It's Champagne France. I actually never knew that. No, right? Yeah, that's that's actually really yeah. cool. Yeah. So basically Champagne Rosé, but they can't call it that because it's not from there. Wow, okay, well, that is good to know for sure. Thank you for the fun fact. Um, so, with that said, we are going to sail aboard and hop on the flavored sail train. Aboard. Sail aboard. Sail abroad. The choo-choo train? The choo-choo sailboat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wish they made those noises. That would have made sailing way more fun. Honestly. Colleen and I sailed in college, so we're very qualified to discuss what we're about to discuss, which is... Super qualified. Shipwrecks. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Uh, the sources will be listed at the end, and this is more of like a storytelling than it is a true account, so keep all that in mind. We have crashed many boats, so we are first-hand knowledgeable on the subject. And no matter how I refer to anyone involved, I do feel bad for the person who had bad things happen to them in this Sometimes. episode. Sometimes. 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 <laughs> okay. That said, welcome to the Minionette. What kind of ship was this? I'm sure you're all thinking, dead curious to know. It is a 52-footer. Designed for inshore sailing and not offshore specifically. Ooh. And it's a yacht, a big old lady. Do you want to explain what inshore and offshore is? Or do you want me to? Because I'm a genius. Oh, well, you're so smart. So inshore is when you're close to shore. So there's smaller sailboats. And offshore is when you're really far offshore. Ooh, offshore. Offshore. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so that, and they, you can usually sleep on it. As Colleen and I did state earlier, we are getting wrecked today. So... Some of us may already be wrecked. Yeah, we'll yeah. work on the enunciation, but no promises. Zero promises. All right, so now I'm sure your next thought is, Julia, when did the ship sail? When? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so this took place in 1884, the, the shipwreck we're about to learn about today. And more specifically, this began in May of 1884. And basically what happened is this guy, Jack Want. Wanted. Jack Want? Yeah. His name was Jack Want. Isn't no, that awesome? Like, that is awesome. I was like, yeah. Imagine, what does he want? What does he want? Ooh. Like, when talk about your name describing you. Like, um, <laughs> he was a lawyer, so that makes sense. He wanted a lot and spoke a lot about it. Yeah. And, yeah, talked his way through it. And he basically bought this yacht when he was visiting England, but he was from Australia. So he hired out a crew. <laughs> To sail the boat from Southampton, England to Sydney, Australia. Which, guess how many nautical miles that is? Over six. It's definitely over six. Is it under seven? (laughs) (laughs) 
The world may never know. The world may never know. It was 13,000 nautical mile trip, which... Honestly, I, that's how far Chicago is, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I feel like yeah. a 13,000 in my head sounds like 10 like football Chicago fields. I here is not that... Okay. Like, honestly, I'm not continuing. Okay, so while you're know. doing that, I'll continue, but you keep that in the back burner. So, yes, lawyer Jack Wan bought this ship, and he paid this professional crew to sail it to its delivery to its new owner. So, who was involved with this sail, you may ask? Well, it was governed by Captain Tom Dudley, who was 31 years old and an experienced sailor at the time of the voyage. It was also crewed by Ned Brooks, Edwin Stevens, and Richard Parker, who, the third, Richard Parker, was the cabin boy. He was 17 years old, and his family was super nautical growing up. It kind of reminds me of mine, I would say. Like, they were around the water, but not, like, the most intense nautical goers. And he was doing his first offshore sail by doing this. So remember, this boat is sailing offshore. 13,000 miles. Question, question, yeah. question. It's therapy. Question, question. Question. Right. Yeah. Hand, hand, hand. Given, that's a little carrot on the stick hand, for hand, you. Hand, yeah. Hand. For starters, Chicago is 884 miles away. Wow. I really <laughs> thought it was 13,000. Well, honestly, that basically is. Yeah. Like, at that point, you could keep going. I feel like I, I don't really know where Iowa is, but in my mind, that's 13,000. I will not look that up, but it <laughs> does feel like that. Iowa is 100. Anyone um, I've ever met from Iowa is mentally 13,000 miles my away. My next um, question. Honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my next question for your Julia, if you had this in your research, okay. Why were they taking an inshore boat <laughs> offshore 13,000 miles? I'm so glad you asked. No, I don't have any research for okay. it, but that was my immediate first thought, too. I was like, imagine taking a little keel boat and you're like, sweet. A J22. A J22, yeah. right, exactly. You're like, so I train five year olds on this, and also it can stand 30 foot ocean waves. Great idea. Great idea. I think that honestly, the concept of offshore and inshore was not like understood. Like, that's all I can get from it. I don't think any of these men had actually been in the open sea. Even though it does say that the captain was an experienced sailor. I think maybe he maybe did a lot of sailed around sailing. Like, sailed around. England? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I just thought that that was also very odd. I would agree. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't make any... And also, you'd think if he's a big old lawyer guy, he would have read up and been like, oh, the sailboat I want to buy won't so die. So hearing this man is stupid. Yeah, actually, this is the dumbest lawyer. <laughs> okay, okay. Jack wanted a brain. He, he wanted, wanted to know what to do. <laughs> but he just didn't. Jack so, didn't. On May 19th, 1884, they began their sail. So they started in. And basically, they were cruising along, you know, sailing the high seas. All was well. They got around till about July something, 1884. July something. Yeah, that's the exact date, actually. Nice, I like it. And the mignonette was struck. <gasps> it was struck. <gasps> and not only was it struck, but it was sunk <gasps> by a wave on July. <gasps> As it was on its way to Cape Town. So they were only in Africa, too. I they had not made it far. They had not made it far. Like, England that's to half, Africa. That's not even halfway. I don't even think it's halfway. I was yeah. trying to think that and be like, oh, they got so close. And then I was like, two months? Honestly, they just sound like they suck at sailing. Which makes sense. Because they're sailing an inshore boat offshore. Like, all it of this. all makes I'm sense. Like, yeah, okay. Fair. Representing the map. Even for 1884, I feel like sailing to America from England only took, what, like a month? Like, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like that's not accurate, but... Well, I'm trying to think about, like, Ellis Island. Honestly, they made it, like, honestly halfway. Because like, they? There's England, all the way down here to Cape Town. There's Australia. 
Australia is right there. So no, they still have to go all the way around Cape Town. Though. Honestly, they, they, probably, they actually didn't even make it offshore. Because they, they probably could hug the They probably the did. Way. The, yeah, you're right, actually. Maybe they got lost, though. Well, you're also learning my geography. Yeah. Hello, yeah. <laughs> so, everyone. Um, so, struck and sunk July 5th, actually. So, not July something. July 5th. And as... So, as this big, expensive yacht, they all knew that it wasn't an offshore boat. But, at least it had a little dinghy. So... The crew was able to escape the sinking mignonette on said little dinghy. <laughs> and from the moment the mignonette was stu- like struck by this deadly wave to its nautical burial at sea, guess how long it took for the ship to fully be sinking, sunk underwater? Two weeks. Five minutes. Oh, ha. isn't that crazy? Ha. Can you That's imagine insane. a ship is sinking and the captain is like, sweet, lower the lifeboat. He grabs. Okay, so he lowered the lifeboat and he attached an anchor to act as a keel while he was. This is all five minutes. Yeah. Grabs the lifeboat. When water keel start on sinking, it. like, does it hit something? Or? A wave struck them. Oh, yeah, because okay. they're fucking like sailing in the open ocean and it's meant to be probably like a lake cruiser i'm sure it's but probably a pontoon boat Cape, honestly where they were is right at the tip of africa so it's right when they're going to be turning offshore and actually being the, uh, the real waves it might have been like right when no, they no it turned. is i'm yeah. looking at like, the map it is literally right when, <laughs> when it begins offshore offshoring they immediately snap in half. <laughs> the second they even get remotely cool. Barely. Once, like, they're barely yeah. off the coast. Yeah. They are literally dipping. <laughs> they're tipping to offshore. They could not have gone less distance offshore. Yeah. So, anyway, that really... Know your boats, people, before you buy Don't them. Don't be stupid. Don't want a bad boat. <laughs> Don't offshore in a dinghy. Or just, like, put it in a bigger ship. Sail it, like, get... Just tow it. Just Get a, like, boat, get a bigger boat. Get a bigger boat. Like, if you have that much money, just, yeah. Yeah, just, like, figure be it better. out. Be better, yeah. yeah. Spend more money, right? So, they attached an anchor, and they also grabbed their only supplies, which was two pounds of turnips. That was what they had aboard to survive. It was a makeshift keel and two pounds of turnips. No water, mind you. No water. That was that was never a consideration. But they did do this in five minutes. So like credit where credits due. Um. Okay. Clearly, their escape dinghy was not fit for the ocean. Let alone, let alone the wavy South Atlantic, hundreds of miles from land. So, survival was not looking great as the crew was in an open boat. So, this boat, literally, when I was looking at pictures, is like a canoe. Like, it was a little bigger than a canoe. It was a dinghy, but, like, it, it wasn't, like, like inflatable. Yeah, it was like a fucking rowboat. It was the 1884. Uh, yeah, I guess. It yeah. was a little escape. It was, like, what the lifeguards in Jersey, like, sail for, like, <laughs> kicks and giggles. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's like, oh, wow. So that was what survival they had. was definitely in there. Odds. Yeah, they were really like set up to be successful. Yeah. Set up for success. Um, so they just had two pounds of turnips, no water, and so even on this little dinghy, Dudley still assumed his position of captain, and he portion controlled the turnips. <laughs> from what I heard, he actually like was fair about it, and he precisely, and this reminded of us, he had a knife with him, a little pen knife. It said that he kept in his like frocket. And he peeled the turnips and handed them, like, peel by peel to the people to be like, this is exactly even. Like, so, are we about to get into the cannibalism? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, we're drinking Josh, yeah. you know, so we're off to a good start. Um, and actually, kind of teardrop, but also, like, props for creativity. The crew, while he was rationing turnips, um, worked to hunt turtles, specifically. So, in, like, five different articles I read, they mentioned how they grabbed a total a turtle off the side of the boat. 
And I was like, hundreds of miles off sea. A turtle was what they chose to like. Hundreds of miles offshore. Yeah, they found a turtle. Like just so a little guy they chilling. Each other. Yeah. So they found a turtle. Yeah. yeah. And they found a turtle. They yeah, they found a turtle. Quotation no. mark. I'd eat your turtle. <laughs> we know. <laughs> okay, so for water, they collected raindrops, resourceful. And they also resorted to drinking their own pee, which actually, weirdly enough, only worked for like a few days because they were super dehydrated. dehydrated. Well, drinking your own pee dehydrates you. It's more dehydrating to drink your pee than to drink nothing. Yeah, man. Well, they were pissing and drinking away. Because... They're stupid. Like, it was also 1884, but I agree. They were. St- that's such a guy thing too to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna drink my pee." Like, I'm okay. sorry, Julie hasn't drinking Click. any of Josh. We're taking it. I'm drinking Josh a little, and he's delicious. I'm almost done with my Josh. <laughs> um, you sound like you're joshing around. Mm-hmm. So after 12 days, so 12 days at sea, their shipwrecked like July 5th. Honestly, that's impressive that you. I know, with like days. no water. Yeah. I guess there was rain enough where that worked, but, but they did blood. But they didn't have any food either. Like they're just starving, drinking pee. No, like, they had turnips. They did, and turtles, <laughs> turtles, and turnips. I you still am not thing. buying it. I don't know. <laughs> so they were out of supplies day twelve, and things were looking bleak. So all their supplies were consumed nine days in. So they had been starving for three days, and they were super on their way to deathly malnourishment. And opposed to savingly, to like malnourishment. Honestly, you can be malnourished and be like slowly dying. They were like at the death oh, level. Okay, okay. Yeah, they were not slowly yeah. malnourished. Yeah, yeah, it was quick. So at this point, the cabin boy, our seventeen-year-old little cutie pie, Richard Parker, Dick Parker, made <laughs> the fatal move to drink seawater to quench his thirst yeah now now interestingly enough before you like give me the look because i agree that was my first reaction too i was like oh what a dumb ass so actually i was reading about this and studies like on consuming seawater have shown that if you drink small amounts like tablespoons of seawater it can actually give you um some like hydration yeah so if you drink literally like a like three tablespoons you'll actually like Increase your chances of survival. It will good hydrate. To know, good to know. Right? Isn't that kind of good to know? Yeah. I do feel like you and I are on the water enough, pretty drunk. I like have my life straw on me. My life straw. I do carry my hydro flask on me. I agree. No, my life straw. It feels like anything, including salt water. Really? Yeah. Really? I don't know about salt water. I don't know about salt water. Yeah, I was going to say that's really interesting. That is not accurate information. (laughs) I was like, that could like cure world diseases, I feel like. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Um, okay, lakes. so someone get on that. Yeah, yeah. figure that out. Yeah. yeah, that's a cool idea. So you can drink some seawater, which is cool. But but at this time, 1884, not only did he drink too much, because yeah, he absolutely, he was like gulping it down. He was like, oh, fuck that. Like, here we go. Which is a baby. Yeah, which like a little 18, 17 year old. He's not even legal. It's not even his fault that he's there. He's a he's baby. Yeah, his, I'm sure his he's parents born. like just sold him off or something. Yeah, well, that's Speculating, but that's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> So people thought then that if you drank seawater, you basically went insane. Like that was like an equal. It was like drinking seawater turned you into like Hyde from Jekyll and Hyde. Really? Jekyll, I don't know. Whichever one's the bad one. I mean, at least they aren't Hyde. Ah, Jekyll and yeah, Hyde. I think Jekyll yeah. might. Dr. Jekyll, mm. Mr. Hyde. Mm. Dr. Hyde, Mr. Jekyll. Mm. I think Dr. Jekyll. Do you want me to look this up? No, but that's a fun <laughs> yeah. time, Mr. Like if you just keep saying their names and repeat. Whichever one it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, um. Like, spin the thing, spin the bottle, but whoever it lands on, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. 
Okay, anyway. You just so, broke me. <laughs> I wish you guys could see my face of disgust. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so even with that modern knowledge, yes, you're right. Richard Parker drank far more than the healthy amount, and he soon collapsed in his boat in a fit of diarrhea. That was what it... Okay, so it said he either collapsed into a fit of diarrhea or fell into a coma. Which, honestly, if I diarrheaed myself in front of everyone, I would fall into a coma. So, immediately. I totally get both of them happening at the same time, even. Like, that's fine. But it's either or. And at this time, little did Parker know at going on, Tom Dudley, the captain, had already began discussing the custom of the sea. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, honestly, I was kind of surprised I haven't heard of this before because I Never. feel like I was raised pretty nautically. My mom gets horrible seasickness. <laughs> <laughs> my dad all does too, but my mom is great. Um, so anyway, the custom of the sea is this fun little game where you choose which crew will be your sacrifice to be consumed by the crewmates in shipwreck situations. It's like super specific. It's like if you have to survive, you can all draw straws and whoever draws the short straw. I don't know if this is where that came from, but that's what this custom is. Honestly, like it might have been I think it is where it came from though cuz it's an old maritime part tradition of part of it. But this is like an old like from the 1500s like maritime tradition where they would do this to I draw straws. I feel like drawing straws came from somewhere in Greece. I feel like that came from like no, like honestly like Pakistan, like the first civilization to ever live. Like I feel Greece through their straw. Maybe it was Greece. Um so yeah, so the captain began to be like, "All right, who are we going to eat?" But uh, you know, quote unquote it was the custom of the sea. So, we've got to respect the custom. And as Parker shit himself into oblivion, <laughs> <laughs> and his overall condition deteriorated. So you could say it went down the shitter. Yeah, it all went down the shitter. <laughs> Dudley discussed the custom, quote unquote, yet again with his crewmates. So on July 25th, he was quoted to say to the other crew members, quote, the boy is dying, period. You have a wife and five children. Oh my God. And I have a wife and three children. Human flesh has been eaten before. It can be eaten again. <laughs> That's a direct quote. No, no, no. Human flesh has been eaten before. Like, you know what? A lot of things Uh, have been eaten. People have eaten shit before. I'm not going to do that. I don't recommend it. No. It's so bad. Not Can you fan. imagine being your, that's your logic? People have done it before, I'm going to do it now. For anything. Well, someone's killed someone before. Someone's robbed this bank before. Yeah. Like, anything. Someone shit on a baby before, I'll do it someone, again. <laughs> someone slapped every person they met in the face. Yeah. Like, honestly, even then, I still feel like eating shit is worse than being slapped in the face. Eating shit or eating a person? <sighs> it depends. It, it honestly <laughs> depends. While the other crew members still were not totally ah. convinced after this captain's inspirational speech. Okay. Um, by, that was his inspirational speech. That was his inspirational speech. We've eaten humans before. We can do it again. Yeah. Um, so the first mate, Stevens, is said to have exchanged looks with the captain in the morning. So apparently, like, as I read this, it was basically described that he, they, like, side-eyed each other. Like, they were like, oh, like, you know, little yeah. dick is still pretty dead. Ha! Like, <laughs> no way you can make it through this one. Yeah. No, literally. And in my head, they did it, like, office style. Like, looking off at the camera, oh, yeah. but it was actually one another. And they were like, he looks delicious. All that shit all over him. It's like sauce, oh, you know? And I could slide right down. So, so, no sticks ended up being drawn and no words actually were said. 
But what happened is all kind of like a blur in their memory. Well, yeah, so, they're starving yeah, in the middle starving. of the ocean, haven't had any water in like two weeks. Yeah. So the captain is recorded to have grabbed Parker, just like grabbed him, like hugged him. But again, he's passed out. He's kind of in a coma. Like, I don't know how much he needed to like snag him. You know what I mean? And then as he did that, so he just, you know, held Parker. He told Stevens, the first mate, to hold Parker's legs together. And then the captain stabbed. Okay. (laughs) So in my notes, I have. This is wrong, but this is what I have. <laughs> I have the captain stabbed his turnip cutting. Oh, okay. I had this captain stabbed his turnip into Parker's throat. Oh, no, no. Turf, turnip. Ooh. Yeah, but it yeah. was the turnip cutting knife. It wasn't an actual yeah. turnip because they'd eaten all the turnips. <laughs> so I almost spilled the wine, too. That was a dramatic moment ruined by my inability to type or drink wine. That was amazing, though. 10 out of 10. Thank you. So basically, he stabbed it into the jugular. I don't really know where that is, but... Throatish. Neck. Neck. Question mark. Yeah. Poor Parker. Dudley later described the scene. Quote, I can assure you I shall never forget the sight of my two unfortunate companions over that ghastly meal. (gasps) We were all like mad wolves arguing who (gasps) should get the most for men, comma, fathers of children, (gasps) comma, to commit such a deed, we could not have had our right reason. Ah, and raw too. Yeah, they ate his raw... Flesh. So on top of that, so so they kill him immediately, just like gouging him, basically. Ah, like slicing off his, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's so gross. It's so gross. Me, like, can you admit? I mean, I know you're sober. <laughs> sober. Well, I mean, I think you're a little fucked up at that. Well, you're point. sober. I mean, yeah. But there's no like alcohol involved. Some delusion, yes, but sober, yes. They were wrecked. 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 Yeah. 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 So. They're eating him, right? They passed around a chronometer case, which I'm showing Colleen a picture of that now. A chronometer case. It basically, like, is a wooden box that holds a compass. Um, Feel free to Google it. But that's what it is. It's like an old thing. Was put up to his jugular, his neck, to collect the oozing blood. And the captain and crew passed around the chronometer to satisfy their thirst. To fucking drink out of it. To drink their blood. To hydrate themselves. And they thought seawater made them crazy, but they were like, yeah, his blood? Did cool with us. I was in the early yesterday, and human meat is said to be addictive. So once you have the taste... Okay, it, I saw that on Always Sunny. I saw it on Wine and Crime. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I believe that. I mean, I feel like it's kind of the act of eating someone is addictive more than like... It's maybe the taboo of it. Like, okay, if I'm eating like kangaroo i feel bad about it like i'm like oh my god a cute little kangaroo like that's awful but i'm also like holy shit that's kind of crazy that i, but can, like, I wouldn't get addicted to eating it if i didn't like the taste of it i wouldn't be like seek it out me either but i think maybe it's like a, i mean i don't know maybe it is maybe it's like are you defending heroin? cannibalism <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit defending cannibalism. <laughs> okay cool 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 just check me in a little bit not a lot like, all righty no one eat me please no. <laughs> just, um, if i go missing um julia's eating I, me i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably many other things. <laughs> so, ahem, they so. yeah. Anyway, on that note, they quickly stripped Parker's body. That's the word that the articles use. That they stripped his body. Oh my! And oh my God! That was close. You don't yeah. Mean no, I wasn't done with the eating him. Oh. Yeah, and the crew ate his heart and liver immediately ah. and parts of his body, and then they saved the flesh from the no. rest of his limbs as future rations. So, which at this point, I 
Like, I was cool with this whole thing before. I mean, not, like, cool. You were cool with it? I was, like, not yeah. uncool. I mean, if you're starving to death at sea and this kid has already passed out in a coma, it sucks that he's underage. That would be really my, the raw, like... The raw meat. Yeah. You couldn't like, even cook it? I, I, mean, I don't sushi, know why my mind is better. I like better. sushi. But red, what red meat do you eat? You don't like sushi, one. I do like... Well, you, what red meat do you like? I love raw. eating bloody steak. I feel like... Raw. I know. I know raw is different. Like, I mean, biting I like, a cow. But I think I could eat, like, raw eggs. Biting a cow. I don't know. I'm just saying, you're starving to death. It's your only option. I get. I don't think I would want to do it, but I get it. I can like sympathize with it. Weirdly enough, that's what I can empathize with. Yeah, you would empathize I can with the be like, that's, I get it. Like, the cannibal, you're like, oh my god, look how nice he was. But what I do disagree with is that they're out at sea and they have no way of preserving this meat. So even if they kill him and eat him right away, okay, that's one thing. But they're butchering him to save for later. Like, you're literally on the ocean. That meat's going to rot. And when the meat did rot, the crew, yet again, began discussing the custom of the sea. Round two. With only little, three of them left? There's only three of them left. And they're all like, so who are we going to eat? But at this point, when they've already eaten someone, it still sounds like they were kind of like, not even like on guard. They were just like, so like, who are we going to eat next? Like, it was like a casual conversation. They were like, cool. It's a sea custom, this tradition, like how we have presents at Christmas, how we have trees up, how we have lights on our porch. Let's just eat each other on the open ocean. Like... I know. Isn't that crazy? That was like a thing. That's insane. Oh my God. So how do they decide who they're going to eat? Yeah. Well, it's the idea of drawing straws. But so they're talking about this. This is going on. And just four days later, a German ship, Matsuma, saw the dinghy and sailed up to rescue the crew. So literally four days after they eat this guy. Which, like, I don't know how long you can survive without food and all that, but I feel like they could have gone days, on four days. Four days, probably could have made it. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I wow, didn't know imagine, that. Like, if you found out- can you imagine eating a human and then being like, oh, I literally just got rescued. And four days later, someone comes for you and yeah. you're fine. Yeah. Wow. That right? would be a slap in the face. It definitely, definitely is. So the crew actually was really cool. They fed them, they clothed them, all that jazz, and then they dropped them back off right at Southampton, England. So literally right back where they started, which also, can you imagine? That alone is a slap in the face. That is such a slap in the face. Wow, and they ate a kid. They ate a human and then got, didn't even deliver the boat, didn't even do anything. Well, the boat's dead. Well, the boat's so, the boat is wrecked, right? The boat's wrecked, the boat's boat's wrecked. wrecked. Um, So, yeah, so then they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they slammed down. And they were done. Yeah, they just went back. And, yeah. and nothing so, happened. While the crew could have easily said that Parker, you know, died of natural causes. Yeah, I, I was lost be, at sea. Yada, yada. Like, I would have shut them. That would been like one of those things like, Julia, we just ate our friend. <laughs> we are never going to talk about it. We have a lot of things like that like, that aren't even on that level. Honestly, if we ate Hannah... Hannah, Hannah, I love you. Fine. Hannah, I love you. But, like, if we were on a ship together and you got in a coma and started shitting yourself, like, I do feel like Colleen and I wouldn't. Well, you and Buzz had that conversation oh, that you Buzz wouldn't and I eat did. me. Yeah. Well, Her Buzz and I would definitely eat you. That's Oh, Julia no, I would eat Buzz. and our friend I would eat Buzz. made a whole, like, dinner conversation out of how they would both eat me. And were so confused why I was offended that they would eat me. We were talking about survival. At first, we were not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but she was being annoying. So, like, yeah. Mind you, I swiped both of them into the dining hall. Yeah, what, she's kind of a pushover, though, so. <laughs> Who's fault is that, really? Okay, so, 
they went back and like Dudley just openly talked about what happened to Parker. So they got back, they're on land, they're hanging out. And Dudley's like, can you believe we ate that kid? That was crazy. Like that's literally how he's talking about it. Addiction. Addict to the human meat. Addicted to the, addicted to the human. That's why he's want to talk about it because he wants them to be like, oh, I know I kind of want more. Don't you? And they become serial killers and eat more people. Uh, Okay. I hear that. But I think it was more like he just was such, so engraved into like this nautical world that he was more or less just like, holy shit. I can't believe we had to enact the custom of the sea. Like we had to do that. That was insane. That poor kid. Like, I can't believe he I'm sure they kind of feel like it's true because they ate him. Then four days later, they got rescued. I, yeah. Wait. So like, maybe do you think they didn't eat him? They wouldn't have gotten rescued. rescued. I mean, all also, Pardon would they have me. survived? I mean, four days after... They didn't have rations for three days. So oh, they were already so almost starving to death. Shit, but honestly, if I was them, I would kind of be like, so it's true. Yeah, no, I'd be like, okay, the customer of the sea and we were saved. Like, Ooh. I don't know, right? It's hard. Ooh, it's yeah. hard. I know. I don't condone so eating 17-year-olds. He, like, I get it. He considered the murder and eating of this cabin boy as essential to their survival. And, like, right as we said, he wasn't wrong. But, like, in his head, he was straight up like, wow. Like, Parker really died for us. He made that sacrifice. Damn. I mean, like, is he? Damn. I, mean, I know. Damn. I know. Yeah. So, he frequently cited, Dudley frequently cited, Quote, well-established maritime traditions as his reasoning for, you know, doing what he oh did with Oh, my Parker. God. And I love that it literally, like, the way he puts that. Like, okay, cannibalism, a.k.a. well-established maritime traditions. Like, Everything about how you brand it yeah, as a you know? marketing major. Yeah. <laughs> Just about the twist. Um, and I was thinking about this, and as someone with nautical ties... Like, can you imagine telling that to your family? Like, I went out to sea with my skipper, and I had to eat her. But it was maritime tradition. That's what happens out there. It's the same thing as, like, you get thrown into the water after you win your first regatta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You You eat your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You eat someone when you get stuck on the sea. Yeah. Yeah. So. When you get wrecked, you eat someone. (laughs) Yeah. The general British population actually did sympathize with Dudley and his crew's actions. So everyone around in Britain was like, we get it. We hear you. Like, yes, respect. The local shipping master, he was called, slash, what he really was was like a customs agent. So he like went around the dock and was like, what do you have? What do you have? And when they got off the dock, the this guy, customs agent, overheard Dudley being like, holy shit, we ate that kid. Like, yeah. he was just like talking about it. And he was like, fuck, like, that's kind of a crazy crime. So apparently, I think he was a narc, but like, it said he was legally required to notify the government of a violent death at sea, which like. Well, a 17 year old was eaten. Was eaten. Like, yeah. I know. I'm like, as much as I do totally think you're a narc and like, you really couldn't just. These people were dying, you know? But what about the kid's parents? Right. And, like, yeah. if he had, like, siblings. and Yeah. Like, he was maybe in Friends. school. Maybe he just thought he was making a lot of money. Friends. A girlfriend. Think about, like, Chris or Parker going out on this boat and getting eaten. And then... I mean... No one telling us. The way she goes, man. It's the way the wind blows. The way the wind blows. The way yeah. The wind yeah. Blows. <laughs> so... They basically arrested the guys, like, right away after the customs agent narked. And uh, what essentially occurred after for the following years was more of, like, a wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. So, you know when, like, events happen now and we're, like, 
oh, the reason we're getting these laws changed and doing this is because like people are more progressive and they've been talking about it and they just needed an example to like grab onto and run with. So that was kind of what was happening in Britain. But with cannibalism? But <laughs> with maritime <laughs> traditions? Like weirdly enough, kind of, so yeah. this wasn't a law until they ate this guy. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. This is not like an illegal thing I to do. I love when you were like talking about like as crimes, like I think it's so casual. So this never had someone eat someone else. No, so they have. They have had people eat people, but they were like, that's fine. <laughs> okay, carry on. Continue. So, yeah. So, wrong place, wrong time. Maritime trade and expeditions were an integral part of British culture. The country, you know, was known as this huge naval empire. I mean, it's an island. Right. And as Britain began to become more industrialized, you know, it's 1840s, things are popping. It began to create stronger protections for its workers, industrial age, all that jazz. People are, you know, dying, breathing in gas. It's horrible, horrible shit. Yeah, not ideal. Basically, they're reevaluating not only working conditions, but just general traditions and laws that the country's industries had followed for the previous centuries. And unfortunately for (laughs) Dudley, modern British law was not as sympathetic to the custom of the sea that governed shipwreck procedures. So, someone... It honestly kind of sounds like maritime law was outside of the regular law, which makes sense. Because when you think about badass, well, when you think about pirates, think about Queen Anne, and she had her own fleet of pirates who she knighted, like these guys committing illegal crimes, and she was like, "Fuck yeah, keep it up." Which honestly, me too, girl. They're sexy. Like I know, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, no argument, babe. You do you. I think it was really like how the mafia was with like the police, how they worked together a little oh, bit yeah, in America. Sense. I think it was like the maritime law people, maritime pirates and shit like sailors, and the normal government were like, you know, they were like rogue. <laughs> they were rogue. What's going to happen next? Can you imagine our American Navy being rogue? I mean, have you seen them at PBR? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were arrested. And as I said, it had less to do with, you know, eating Parker than just general laws going on at the time. And actually 10 years prior to this event happening, there was a trial for a crew who literally were in the same situation. And they were aboard the shipwrecked boat, the Exign. Spelled E-U-X-I-N-E. And I was saying that because I don't know if I pronounced that right. So, like, if I didn't, I didn't. Eugene? That happened. No, there's an Eugene X. Eugene X? <laughs> yeah, I, I think know. it's, like, Unex. I don't know. That sounds good. Found the crew guilty, but the case was ultimately <gasps> dropped from bureaucratic issues. So, they, they did they, it. They found it guilty. And there no was jail. a previous case. Nothing. No jail. They ate the kid. Like, nothing. They just walked free. And they knew about it, and they went to trial, and the court was like, "Cool, nice, good one." We just want to make sure you really did it. Yeah, uh, yeah. carry on. We're yeah. to get it on file that you ate this minor. Yeah, we all right. We wanted to nice. make sure that we were we had all the details correct. Yeah. We do all right. See you at golf next week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> at the yacht club, my boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but what different? In- Are you open for charters? Are you open for charters? Can I send my kid to camp? Like, I already have enough other kids. Like, I heard you lost one, so like, you're looking for a new one. Yeah. You a cabin boy? Oh my god! Um, but what different? What differentiated the minionette from the Uzine X sign? Yeah, whatever. whatever was Fuck that yeah. while on the X sign? The crew actually did vote and draw straws and then ate the person. But <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but Dudley did not use that custom. He just chose to use Parker. And in his defense, Parker, Parker was, was in a, in coma. a coma. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's where I was like on this 
too, because I was reading these articles where they were like, but he abandoned the custom of the sea. Like, that he was did. the quote. And he did. He did not follow the custom of the sea. But I feel like if you're starving to death and drinking your own pee, and then one someone shits themselves and falls into a coma, like, they're you kind of free game. And yeah. the scapegoat is the custom of the if sea. He's already, why draw straws with healthy individuals when you have this dead kid lying there? Like, his I mean, skin's about to go bad my anyway. Thing is, why didn't he just lie? Well, why did he tell everyone? He could have just shut his fuck hecking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I've already said fuck like four times on this. But that was the time you're like, all right, I'm going to stop myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, you and I are in the same boat. Hey. hey. <laughs> um, and then in the current times in 1854, Dudley and his crew basically offered a new chance for the government to refine their sea walls. So that was kind of like kind the context. Right. They finally, they were like, okay, we didn't get that guy, but we're going to get these guys. The next person who needs someone, I got him. Coming yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then when it came... Well, we want shame on me. Yeah. <laughs> the second time we're eating them, yeah. right? That's how the court that actually rules. That is justice. <laughs> the jury gets forks and they <laughs> dig in. Oh, God. Martial law. <laughs> okay, so Dudley and Stevens were prosecuted for murder. But, okay, so remember, Dudley and Stevens, Dudley and Stevens, blah, blah, blah. There was a third guy. His name was Brooks. And he was also there, and he also ate the kid. But he was completely acquitted due to having, quote, little part in either the killing of the boy or the discussion of his fate. But, like, he ate him. Like, Brooks literally basically watched them stab his jugular and was like, cool, yeah, 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 that's fine. And then so basically, ate him and then was like, the work. Dudley did everything. Yeah. And Dudley fucking was like, all right, we're about to die. I'm going to stab this kid. I'm going to come up for us. You're welcome. Yeah. Wasn't Dudley also the one who was rationing out the turnips? Yeah. So Dudley and Stevens got, they were tried for murder. But Brooks, the third guy who basically was along for the ride, just got completely. So they they had to go to trial and Brooks did not have to do trial or anything like that. No, nothing. He didn't even have to to show up. He didn't even have to be a witness. Like literally nothing. They were like, bye Brooks. Who are his friends? And how can I I get them? How can I get his friends? Who is his wife? You know his wife was like, you're coming home right now. Like, I don't care. It was care. the 1800s. I don't think they had a say in anything. No, if his wife had a powerful dad. Even then? No. I, if, his, if his wife's dad was on the police force. and <laughs> You are right. Or a member of nobility. You are right. I I'm think it's wrong. all the woman. Come on. They I would like to agree with that, but the fucking patriarchy, yeah. as our friends like to say. As our wine and crime. Uh-huh. They don't know us, but they're our friends. <laughs> I, they are my friends. Yeah, they... It's eight hours a day. I love you. I love you. <laughs> okay, so the trial was cut and dry. The judge's opening remarks were basically like, so... The law does not recognize necessity or survival as a reason to kill someone. So they were basically like, hey, we hear you that you are dying, but you can't eat people. Which I was like... Reasonable. Okay. I mean, do I agree with it? Unarguable. I agree and disagree with it. I feel both ways on it. I kind of feel like if someone is dying, you should be able to... We'll get into this later, but like, I don't know. That was his thing. Are we going to get into it? We're going to get into it later, but that was his thing. So this was the defense's entire case. They basically had their whole you know, defense for <laughs> Dudley and Stevens riding on the fact that they were like, they would die if it wasn't for killing this guy. And they and the guy like, was already dying. Keep that in mind. I know. And he was already dying. It's not like this was a healthy kid. Like, out I really out. feel like I'm going back and forth. It was hard. I know. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing about this case. So 
The trial in legal terms was basically over as soon as it started, like, legality-wise. But it had complications, clearly, in terms of lack of evidence, which had mostly been eaten. And no witnesses besides the men aboard and the public opinion. Yeah, I know. Like, just take that. The evidence had been eaten. It was consumed. (laughs) The evidence was shit out. That's one way to get rid of evidence. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. If you're going to kill someone, eat them. Eat them all. That's what we them a body. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so British government ruled the two, Dudley and Stevens, guilty fairly quickly. But the public remained sympathetic and they strongly disagreed with the ruling. And in a very traditional sailor, British man fashion. And that is my stereotype I'm giving. I just imagine like some... Some sailor coming I don't like British men. You can continue. I love British men. (laughs) But I don't know. I just kind of see this. And anyway, so this guy was the brother of Parker, who was eaten. Oh. So he was just chilling with them? Yeah. So so hear me out. He was the brother of the eaten kid. He was also a sailor. And on multiple occasions, he shook hands and hung out with and (gasps) spoke to Dudley and Stevens. And he literally literally publicly offered and proclaimed his family's pardon for their actions. He was like, we forgive you. He was literally like, I'm a sailor. 17-year-old brother was eaten by these men. And you're like, let's get a beer together, chap. Tell me all about it. What was your favorite part of him? I think they were literally like in a frat together. I don't even yeah. know if college existed, but I think they were in a frat together. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the only way I can no justify arguments. that. And if not, then I think that sailors were considered their own fraternity because he basically um, acted that way. So, in a turn of events, I'm going to sip this wine for a second. As you should. Honestly, everyone, this Josh Prosecco DOC Rosé, product of Italy. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've been drinking it, and Josh is way more delicious than Parker was, I'm sure. Josh so. has not led us astray, unlike Parker's brother has led Parker astray. And if blood tastes like this, I totally get why they got out their chronometer. Yeah. So, I would go on chronometer. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he, he was like, you guys are awesome. Love you. Eat my brother anytime. And you know what's kind of funny is, so the public was like, we think these guys are totally justified in doing this. The brother of the Eaton kid was like, you're totally, totally good. The jury was like, we get it. Literally, the jury of this crime case was like, crime, because, you know, we're still on the fence about that. But the jury was like, nah, I don't think that's legit. Because also a part of this was that if the jury claimed them as guilty, so... You know, it wasn't like if the jury claimed them as guilty, they would have to do, like, community service. They would be executed. That was the only thing. There was no oh. middle ground. There was no, like... Well, on that Yeah, case. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they were literally, like... Death? Yeah. I would say some severe psychiatric hospitalization. I would say a lot of water. Water? Yeah. Like, Get out of the system. Yeah, yeah. Like, shake it detox. Out. Hard yeah. detox. Yeah. Hard, like, vegetable detox. Yeah. Till, take him to Arizona. Put him take in him a sauna. Take him to the store. Yeah. Take him to the crystals. Yeah. <laughs> Get a witch in there. Oh, right. Um, Me by Miss or you witch. And the jury basically refused to convict the men. They just, they didn't even be like, we're ending the trial. They just were, and it wasn't even a hung jury. They no. were all in agreement that they were like, mm, no. But the, they don't deserve to die for this. They right, not, right. They do not deserve to die. No, because honestly, they were just trying to survive. Like, yeah. I mean, eating people is literally never good. But, like, is it bad? It's never recommended. 
It's never recommended. (laughs) And so the judge basically offered a special verdict to the jury, which took the case away from the jury and handled it to a panel of judges, which I think is so shitty because that's basically just like, we disagree with the jury. So these juries won't do it, but these judges will. No, that's exactly what it is. Like, that's so unfair, I think. fuck them. Fuck the patriarchy. I know. I think, like, fuck the government here. I totally get why people are like, I don't need anything. And I'm like, well, maybe we should help some people. But here I'm like, no. We don't need a jury. We don't need a government. They're just killing people who are trying to live. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I have no argument. Continue. So, Senior Judge Justice Coleridge (laughs) sentenced the men to death. So, he was like, yeah, you guys killed this guy. You're definitely a murderer. You're getting executed. Why? Because they knew human meat was addictive. <laughs> <laughs> and birds aren't real. They and are the not. The sky is not Delaware blue. is also not real. Those are all aliens, blue aliens filling this. The earth is flat. Come on. that They were going to sail off. I mean, I've never been to the other side of the world. I don't know for sure. I've been to the other side of the world. Oh, are you? Did you sail there? Did you eat anyone on the I, way? I no. did not get wrecked there. Okay. Yeah, I'm only getting wrecked here. <laughs> But actually, I did get wrecked there. I would say I was thinking about Australia. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was pretty Australia. fucked up yeah. in Australia. Yeah. When I get a call from Julia, I'm alone. My phone's about to die. I'm in a field. <laughs> I was in the field. I spent the next 12 hours trying to <laughs> anyone I know in Australia to find her. Plot twist. This is really fucking small. <laughs> I can't believe I got on my flight. I genuinely was like, I don't even care if I missed I my flight. I got one message. Mind you, her flight was to me. No contact with me other than, oh my god, I just threw up myself on the airport. I did shots with the sky. Getting on the plane. Love you. Can't wait to see you. <laughs> that was my message after the I'm in a field. Yeah, I mean, you're, I was alive. I yeah. wasn't eaten. I, yeah? Yeah, so you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so in the following days, no judges or public really found the two men worthy of execution, but well, still, at this point... Basically, the judges were all like, yeah, they're guilty because, like, what are we going to do? Like, guys who killed people just, like, walk free? Like, they clearly killed Nate, this kid. We can't let this be okay. But also, like, they don't really deserve to die. But the law says they have to die. So they're just going to be pardoned by the queen. That was literally their thought. was like, yeah, we'll convict them for the sake of the law. But they'll, he'll be pardoned by the queen. Yeah. The queen's a busy woman. Like, she's a busy no, lady. No, Yeah. So no pardon was ever presented. And then basically, like, the day before their pardon... The Home Secretary, which I did not look this up at all or give any level of research. Of course, why but would you? I'm going to assume that's like the Secretary of State or Sounds Secretary of House yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Ended up just like, basically, from my understanding, so again, I could be making this up, yeah. but from my understanding and my research from my three different sources, yeah. <laughs> um, ended up like freaking forging this note and just switching the men's um, like thing to be, instead of execution, six months in prison. So literally, they watch their lives flash before their eyes, These going poor men, from get death the day before they're supposed to be executed to be like, ah, you're in prison for half a year. Okay, bye. Sorry and about that. Time served? Question mark. Yeah. They nope. That's it. Like literally, just half a year in prison. No, but like, does the time they already served in prison count towards them? Oh no. Oh no. Bad. They've got like six months in prison, and then they're free to go. But they literally were supposed to die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine that? And they though? all had wives and families who, like, combined. They, they were like normal guys. Like, they had, not to be like pillars of the community, 
But like, I mean, like, they, they were like, they ate a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Right? They were not pillars, but eight they were like seventeen-year-old. They yeah. had families. Their wives didn't. It didn't say anything about them like beating their wives. So I feel like that's pretty high standards. For well, the time. in the eighteen hundreds, I don't think they would even care if they did. Right, but they, they didn't say did. anything. They probably, they probably, did. but they, they were gone so much. Maybe they just wanted to have sex and then they be like cheated on their wives all the time. Well, no, they were away at sea with men, unless they were gay, which is fine. They, and if so, but it's only fine if the wife knows. It, it is, is only not fine. The wife, the wife does not know. Okay, <laughs> well, I don't know, but it didn't sound like they were horrible to it their wives. Him not cheating if he's with another man. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> All right, you heard so it first. Noted. Yeah. I don't care personally. Like, we're all Julia's future boyfriends. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. If that hasn't been proven time and time gone, again, it really yeah. Has, yeah. <laughs> At everyone Julia's ever dated. So this case was referred to as the Regina versus Dudley and Stevens case, and I have literally no idea what happened to them after they served jail. As far as I know, they just served it, went back to live their lives didn't really ever go to sea again, but, like, did little fisherman Would you? Work. No, fuck no. I, I wouldn't even go on a boat again. I would never either, but I, they still kept up because that was, like, their profession, so they had to or else they had no other way of, like... I would get a new profession. I would figure it out, but I think they were just, like, not as capable of figuring things not out. Not as strong. I mean, there was no internet. They are, yeah. Right? They weren't... Their wives didn't help them. They were they too busy beating them. They could also organize orgies for a living. They didn't organize No, they were the receptionists. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Basically, to this day, this case is called Regina versus Dudley and Stevens. And to common law students in Britain, it is still the raw court, still to this day, the main case to understand the complexities of pleading necessity or survival as defense for murder. So you can actually still plead that defense. Well, yeah, of course. Even though that judge said no, you can still do that because it's kind of like um, defense. Like self-defense is like necessity. That's literally That's the, the same idea. That. Yeah. yeah. So this just shows them to study I guess to be their like, lives were in jeopardy. Yeah, they were. This was their secondhand. But defense, it wasn't like the kid was actually attacking yeah. them. Yeah, right. So that's where it comes back. But yeah. honestly, the same thing as like if someone pulled a gun on us and you hid behind me. I mean, yeah, and like we've been there, we've done that. So like I hear you. And so if I would have been killed, would you have been guilty by murder? No. In so there. Brooks wasn't guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that fits. But, okay, so I have four-ish other fun facts about right, this I'm story. And this is where, actually, out of everything we've talked about, this is where it gets crazy. This, I'm not showing you, but this is where it gets crazy. So, fact number one, not that crazy, but just kind of cool to know. Um, you can go to the place. This is where it gets crazy. Fact one, not that crazy. This is not crazy. crazy, but I just wanted to, like, yeah. lead you up yeah, to it. Um, yeah. You can go and visit the place where the men were originally arrested, which is the Custom House in Falmouth, England, and where they were tried, which is the Courthouse yeah. in Falmouth, and it is now actually a home where people live, is the courthouse where they were tried and convicted guilty of executable murder. Yeah. And it's a Cannibalism. home. People live there. Isn't that crazy? Go off. I mean, I would live there. I would not. I would sage the shit out of it, but I I would ta- I would play with the Ouija board there. To be honest, nowhere else though. I feel like those ghosts would be kind of nice. The cannibals. Well, okay. So <laughs> anyway, um, additionally, in the dictionary of seagoer, seafarer lingo, the term quote Richard Parker, so that kid's name is actually used to describe seagoers who suffer from a curse. So not even people who are going to be eaten, but just in general, cursed sailors in Britain are referred to as Richard Parkers. Well, I would be too. Yeah, same. And then, I haven't seen this movie, but we both know it, and you haven't seen it either, but The Life of Pi 
was based on the crew of the Mignonette. It was literally we based need to watch on... That now. I know, right? Yeah, Don't we need to watch that? that? I know, yeah. it was based yeah. on the story, which I think is so cool. Okay, we have to watch Isn't that. Isn't that cool? Yep, that's yeah. really, really, really cool. And, and, so... And horrible and horrifying, yeah. 50 years after the OG, Richard Parker, was killed and eaten, this kid, um, the sailor on another ship, the... HMS sandwich. <laughs> the ship was the HMS sandwich. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yep. This another sailor was hung off the rail and killed in a naval mutiny, and his name was Richard Parker. Yeah. Like fifty years later. So note to self, my future kids. Don't not name your kid Richard. Richard Parker. And then the last and absolute weirdest thing ever. That's and this insane. this is the one where I'm like, mm, this is crazy. Like this is not the fact where I'm like also dying. No, that's actually not this one I'm about to tell you is the one where like you're not gonna believe okay. me. I okay. researched it. I literally I didn't even quote the sites. I actually researched the song because it was so many different ones just to verify yeah. this fact. So the this boat set sail and Richard Parker died in eighteen forty four. In 1838, so seven-ish, however yeah. many years before that, 1838, Edgar Allan Poe, author, yeah, wrote, him. he wrote about this shipwreck, um, a mutiny. They caused a shipwreck. You know, this guy is at the head of it. This guy is leading it. He's out to sea with two other crew members. And here, at this point, this main guy, this captain, brings up the custom of the sea. And as he brings up the custom of the sea, he... Actually, the same guy who brought yeah. it up, led the mutiny, caused the shipwreck, all this stuff, brings up Custom of the Sea, ends up drawing the short straw and getting eaten. The character's name is Richard Parker. No fucking way. This happened before Richard Parker was eaten at sea. Like, this literally, like, look, this literally happened before that that's occurred. Insane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, wait, that's a curse. That, no, that's that's why they call it the curse of Richard Parker. There could not like, be three of them. That's, really and it was before. Go. It was a fictional character, and then a real person actually lived out that life. So Edgar Allan Poe was... He's a psychic. A sorcerer. He was a sorcerer. He yeah. cursed Richard Parker. Because no, one person is a very sick coincidence. It's two people, though. Three people! Actually, well, okay, the one is a fictional character. But, but, <laughs> it's still crazy. Like... Two four real people died at sea, and one of them in basically the exact same. I mean, the difference here is that this Richard Parker led the whole mutiny, and he brought up the idea of it. The other Richard Parker was in a coma and died. But I mean, honestly, the similarities That's are insane. insane. That's insane. If I meet someone with the same. Like one of my last names, I'm like, wow, that's cool. If Let I ever met another Bauman, I'd be like, hey. Let alone the same name and the same life story same as you. First name, same last name, and getting eaten. Isn't that insane? And killed at sea. So, lastly, I present to you a prompt given from the website, quote, San Diego Ghosts. That's <laughs> the website. And it said in regards to the story, were the men right to sacrifice the weakest member to ensure survival for the majority? Should they have waited in hindsight with a rescue crew only four days away? But would, would it have been there? They would you be there? able to eat a crewmate to save yourself? So those are the three questions I give you to end our podcast. Okay. So to be 100% honest, after listening to this entire thing, first off, I don't think I could eat you. <laughs> Thanks. But I'm not confident. I think but I could eat you, honestly. I'm very confident if it was you and I, the last two people, and anyone else was Richard Parker. Shit himself to oblivion. <laughs> Comatose on the side of the boat. Death on the brink. I could not see us not eating him. You and I especially, we would be like, well, we're here. We can... Well, the thing is, you and I would be like, we die with this secret. You know what I mean? We wouldn't Dad, go blab it to everybody... <laughs> 
for people we see. No matter the time, even if I was a white male guy, 30 years old, no. I would be like... Richard Parker died at sea. It was so sad we cried. We yeah. him overboard. Yeah, no, we, we couldn't even find him at the wreck. True, true. He just sunk in the boat. Never saw him again. And and they would have been fine. There was no evidence. He's dead anyway. No one's going to be resentful. I wonder how many other cases that's happened. I'm what? sure there has to be a other lot. people who have done no, that. This many people are this stupid to tell everyone. I think this guy, it, they made him sound like he was such like a honest guy. Like he just spoke his truth and stuff. But I think he was a dumbass. I think he was an uneducated sailor boy. Very yeah. stupid. Yeah. So would you, would you, would you have waited? Do you think no. that, like, what do you think about the outcome of it? Would you agree with the jury with the I trial? Hate, well, I agree with the jury 100%. They should not be killed for this at all. I would say maybe five years in a mental institution after that, just so we can make sure they're not addicted to the human flesh. <laughs> really on this human flesh thing. <laughs> I really am on this human flesh thing. <laughs> I, I 100% believe that they're addicted now. They probably eat their kids. But... Yeah, maybe. I mean, they definitely no are. No one looked. No one followed up. If they have enough kids, you're not really going to notice. One guy had five. You could eat like three before anyone really starts noticing. No, honestly, even if you have a newborn too and you're like, where's your newborn? And you're like, oh, oh so sad, died. He died. No one's going to be like, where's he buried? So we should not be like- <laughs> <laughs> Please don't eat your newborn. Please don't eat your um. Do what you want to do. Okay, unless your newborn is in a coat. No, no, take it to the hospital. No. <laughs> unless you're on a ship. Throw it overboard. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you get back to us. Yeah. You said what you want to do. I don't know where you're going to get back We're not to your us. Parents. Do what you want. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Colleen, any final any final words to sink them off with? Um, you know, my biggest advice to you, get the long straw. Get the <laughs> long straw. Be the longest straw there is. <laughs> On that note. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>